You're listening to Write Right from the Texas A&M University Writing Center. Hi, I'm calling um, in response to the tweet about my favorite regionalism. My name is Mary. For a few months now, we've been asking you, our listeners, to send in your favorite regionalisms. Little bits of speech used in some parts of the country, but not others. Although I no longer live there, I used to live in Rhode Island, and a regionalism that I hated at first but have actually come to love is Side by Each, which a small population of Rhode Islanders use to mean side by side. My name is Steve McGuire. I'm from Mashpee, Massachusetts. Mashpee is a little town on Cape Cod. So there's one pairing that you hear a lot in Boston, um, and it's it's kind of weird. It's Wicked Pissa. Like, hey, did you catch that game last night? That was Wicked Pissa. It's just another way to say, like, Wicked Good. Like, it's, it's, it's a really good thing, Wicked Pissa. You know, if somebody smacks a home run over the monster, you say it's Wicked Pissa. I'm Valerie Ballister, and I am from Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. All right, so if you could just first use this in a sentence. Okay. We're gonna have lunch together today, Haina. It's hot out there today, Haina. And they use that in northeastern Pennsylvania where Wilkesboro and Scranton are located. And it means, isn't that so? Haina. Haina. H-A-Y-N-A. H-E-N-N-A. So those were a few of the regionalisms we heard while asking around about this particular phenomenon. Regionalisms are fun and all, yeah, but I'm sure you're wondering why you should care. People will say different things in different parts of the country, okay, whatever. But when I called Dr. Kirk Hazen at the University of West Virginia, he told me about a regionalism that illustrates why these variations matter. She has the sugars. So it's a term for diabetes, and it's pretty widely used in rural areas, at least in West Virginia. Kirk heads the West Virginia Dialect Project, which tracks language variation in West Virginia and Appalachia. Sugars, he says, is an example of a regionalism that isn't just a funny difference in speech. It actually shows a major need in the medical community to understand patients, even when they aren't using textbook medical terms. For those doctors, communication is absolutely crucial. And the medical profession knows this. Part of that communication is knowing what the patient's feel is wrong, understanding those terms, but also being able to relate to the patients in terms that they understand what's going on. Kirk says that understanding regionalisms can make it easier to diagnose and treat people, especially when working with patients across socioeconomic and cultural divides. For doctors, he says, They've invested a good amount of time and money into improving communication between medical professionals and patients. So regionalisms can have a profound effect on how we communicate. If you were a doctor who didn't know about the sugars or other regionalisms, you might not be able to treat your patients as well as you could. But professional communication isn't the only application of studying regional English. Kirk includes regional English in his classes just so students can better understand that so-called non-standard English is way more common than we think. It's not that some groups in some parts of the country talk funny. We all talk funny. People are different, and those differences matter. You may be familiar with the regional disparity on how we identify carbonated beverages. 
Many people in the southern United States will say Coke, regardless of the brand, while many people in the north say pop or soda. Those kinds of terms are very useful, like those kinds of divisions, because you can talk to people about variation being out there and it being okay that somehow one group isn't drastically wrong about sweet and carbonated beverage. The Coke pop difference shows, in part, how pervasive the Coca-Cola brand is throughout the South. The company was started in Atlanta, Georgia, after all. Which demonstrates that regionalisms like these can say a lot about who uses them. If they're urban or rural, what's popular in their region, maybe what their ethnic background is. And if you look at enough regionalisms, you start to notice something that anyone studying language for a while will notice. People speak differently, and there's no one correct way to do it. For any region out there, there's going to be in it ethnic variation, social class variation, and all kinds of other uh, small matters of certain communities. Let's say you have a, a group of rock climbers or you have uh, people who are in a bridge club together might have certain vocab items that they use specific to those activities. But even then, bridge players in one part of the country might have different regionalisms than bridge players in another. Someone in Indiana might yell out, Well, I'll be hogwallered. After someone plays a good hand. So how do we keep track of regional English? If we want to be aware of regionalisms, it would help to have, like, a dictionary of sorts. Well, in the 1960s, linguistics researchers at Harvard University had that exact idea. After decades of surveying the country, they created the Dictionary of American Regional English, or DARE. So, DARE is, on its surface, a dictionary, but it's a recording of the cultural heritage of many different places in the U.S., and places that normally didn't get documented through other means. So it is about the words, but it's also about childhood games that people used to play. It's, there's an entire realm of botany in, because of all the different names for plants that have been collected. But it's also a, a recording of sort of ethnic tensions and ethnic divisions in the country. Kirk says he uses D.A.R.E. in the classroom when he teaches about regionalisms, and a lot of the academic conversation about regional English includes D.A.R.E. I wanted to learn more, so I called up Joan Hall. I'm Joan Houston Hall, and I'm the Chief Editor Emerita of the Dictionary of American Regional English. Joan has worked for D.A.R.E. since the 1960s. After years of surveying, Joan says the team found that many regionalisms depended directly on immigration patterns. Here in Wisconsin, uh, German settlers were very, very common, and uh, their influence was very strong over a long period of time. People were speaking German as their first language and then as a second language. And so characteristics of contemporary Wisconsin English are often reflective of that. So, for instance, people here will say, oh, uh, let's go by John's. They don't mean they're just going to drive on by. 
they mean they're going to, get, going to go to John's and they're going to stop and get out and say hello because they're using what's called a calc or a loan translation of the German word B-E-I, which is not the same as our B-Y, but it sounds the same. Regionalisms are entrenched in their usage communities. Jones says that it's common for new media, the internet, to make it seem like we're all beginning to speak the same, that regionalisms are disappearing. The thinking goes that if we're all communicating over the same medium, where everyone from everywhere can tap into that communication, then we'll all begin to use the same conventions and idioms. The fact is, that's distinctly not true. We still have lots and lots of words and phrases that are characteristic of our own region. And when there are words that we've grown up with and used all our lives, we have no idea that other people don't know what they mean. Language is not homogenizing, despite what you may see claimed in the popular media. Some research even suggests that regional differences are only getting more distinct in the U.S., just like the numerous regional dialects in England. But even then, there are a few ways technology has affected our speech patterns. In some ways, it's really easy to get a, wor- a word. Let's, we have a brand new word that comes up from one coast to the other. It takes a few seconds to get it spread out. So in some ways, you're not going to find the same kind of regional divisions for, let's say, terms of technology. Uh, if I have a iPhone, the names for the different things on it are going to be the same of uh, the English-speaking world, with, um, which wasn't necessarily true for things like different words for fry pan back in the early 20th century. Frying pan had so many regional variations because different regions used it in different ways. Um, some places might have skillet, some places might have a fry pan, some places might have actually spider because some of them had long black legs on them that because they sat over the fire. That's all to say, as we often point out, language isn't one monolithic thing. It changes with geography, time, technology, culture, and really a lot of other stuff as well. Each entry in D.A.R.E. tells a story. A story about history, immigration, culture, technology, that could go on. When we look at regionalisms, we're looking at how these stories have been built into language. How our use of language can describe us, our cultures, and our history. Studying regionalisms, then, is studying other people something that can help us communicate across all that divides us, geographic, linguistic, cultural, or otherwise. With language in North America becoming more regional, well, maybe it's time to take a look at D.A.R.E., which just a few years ago was put up in full online. We'll link to it in the show notes. This has been an episode of Write Write a production of the Texas A&M University Writing Center, a service of the Department of Undergraduate Studies. My name is Davis Land, and I wrote and produced this episode. I had editorial help from Nancy Vasquez, Flo Davies, and Nick Synergy. If you're a student at Texas A&M, we offer online and in-person consultations about your papers, presentations, and anything else that involves communicating clearly. You can find us online at writingcenter.tamu.edu and on Twitter as at TAMUWC. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and since it's summer, we've installed a pool here at the Writing Center. Come take a swim 